chapter 15, uh, as I said, for the fourth service in a row, verses 1 through 7. Let's read these words of Jesus again. There, we can't read them too many times. That's not possible. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned." If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Well, we started with a vine branch experience. You and I abiding in Jesus Christ. And then we talked about just the branch. That's important for us because that is us. That's the children of God. We are the branches. Jesus is the vine. We talked about the branch. And then Sunday night, we talked about fruit. We have a purpose in this life, and that is that we might bear fruit. But not just fruit, more fruit. And not just more fruit, but much fruit. You've probably heard a sermon through the years, maybe just on that. Fruit, more fruit, much fruit. You've definitely heard it whenever someone goes to these verses. That seems to always be pointed out. And I've preached sermons on this in the past. I've heard sermons on this, and I'm not trying to tell you that there's anything new and special here tonight, but, but I just want to talk about it, and, and I'm not going to preach anything uh, contradictory to what we've heard as a typical sermon from these verses, but I do want to, I do want to just try to expound on these things and, and talk about fruit tonight. That's the portion that will be in tonight. And there are, there are more messages to come, by the way, right here. We will read these verses again, Lord willing, soon. Bible teacher F.B. Meyer, I, I have some of his books. Pastor Stone has some of his books. He's a, he's a good Bible teacher, and he once had a, a firewood factory, and he employed prisoners at his firewood factory. And, and Meyer would give them a job to do, he would give them very good, fair wages. He gave them a place to live. And, and when possible, he would always look for a way to provide them with spiritual encouragement. In exchange, he expected them to work hard, to be good employees. Well, 
they weren't good employees, they didn't work hard, and he started losing money. So he had to fire all of the prisoner employees that he had, and he went out and he bought a circular saw powered by a gas engine. And in, and in one hour, more work was turned out with that circular saw than all of his prisoners collectively after an entire day's work. One day, Meyer had a conversation with his saw. You know, we, we do that. We talk to our tools sometimes. You know, sometimes we're saying ugly things, but, but we talk to our tools. And as the story goes, Meyer had a conversation with his saw. And he, he asks the saw, how can you turn out so much work? Are you sharper than the saws that the prisoners were using? No. Is your blade shinier than the saws, the, the, the blade the prisoners were using? No. Uh, was it better oil and lubrication you were using against the wood? Then, then the saw answers, if it could speak, it would answer, and it would have been, I think there is a stronger driving power behind me. Something is working through me that is much more powerful than me. It is not I. It is the power behind me. Meyer had a thought for this story, and and an observation of many Christians at the time, which was long ago, still fits today, and that is that many Christians are working in the power of the flesh, in the power of their own intellect, of their own energy, their, their own enthusiastic zeal, and it's with poor effect. It's with little effect. And, and Meyer says that these, Christ, these type of Christians need to become linked to the power of God in their lives. Sunday night, we talked about fruit. The reason why we remain upon this earth is to glorify God that we might bear fruit from our lives. God is serious about His children bearing fruit. And what does it say here? Uh, and every branch that beareth fruit. Every branch in me that beareth. Not fruit, he taketh away. Every branch and every branch that beareth fruit. We were called to bear fruit as children of God. God's not satisfied with just bearing fruit. We're called to bear fruit by God, but he's not content there. And God's not satisfied with bearing fruit. God wants more fruit. Look what He, and every branch that beareth fruit, a Christian that is bearing fruit from their lives, God is, God is producing through them the, the work and the character of heaven in their life and to the witnessing of the lost that they might be saved. The Christian's bearing fruit. But what does the husband, husbandman do? He purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. God's not satisfied with just 
bearing fruit. God has set His heart on it for us, His plan that we be fruitful in our lives. You know, the owner of a vineyard always wants more fruit. And there's no exception with the Lord. He wants more fruit. Every branch that beareth not fruit, He taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, He purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, now purging of, of the branch, that's, a, that's an entire message for another day that Lord will and we're going to get to soon in this series. But, but let's look at it for just a second because this is a branch that's bearing fruit and the Lord purges it that it might bring forth more fruit. That, that word purge, it's the idea to prune trees and vines uh, of their useless shoots. You know, I, somebody had me look at look at bushes and branches in a different kind of way, that it's all taking up water. You know, you, even now, now that you, can, you can correct me on this or, or uh, talk to me about this, but somebody told me that even a dead branch, water is even going to try to go to that dead branch, and, and, and you need to prune. You need to prune things, and, you, and you're going to have healthier bushes. And that's what this word purgeth means. It, it means to prune trees and vines of useless shoots. It means to, to cleanse. And, and that's another message for another day. But let's understand now that there is a process for the branches, the children of God, that bear fruit so that, so that we can bear more fruit. We're already bearing fruit. And God says, you're going to bear more fruit. I'm going to, to purge you. You know, contentment can be a good thing, and contentment can be a bad thing. We're to be content in this world with such things as we have. We're to be content concerning our material possessions. But we are never to be content with spiritual production. From our lives. May we never become like the church at Laodicea. In chapter 3, I'm going to read verses 14 through, I don't know, let's see, 19. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold, tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyesalve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. May we never rest content in the work of the Lord. The, this church, 
Laodicea, they, they, they had need of nothing, they thought. And God told them that they were blind. I never find in the Word of God where we're ever to be content with the work of God in our lives. What we find here that Jesus is telling us is that you're bearing fruit, great job, now more. God the Father says, I want more. And we're not to be content with the work that we do in the Lord and the, or the results that we see. Even if it's great, there's, there's no place for contentment in it. I was, I was hanging around a couple of wise older preachers uh, years ago. I was, I was told that's a good thing to do. And so I sit and I listen to them. And, and one was talking about how the Lord had been growing the church. And he said, I'll have to be honest. Uh, our outreach program hasn't been, you know, uh, we haven't been very faithful in it. And, and there hasn't been a lot of door-to-door going on or visitation. But the Lord's adding to the church. And I praise the Lord for that. And, you know, and a typical kind word could go along with that. I'm real happy for you. But this other preacher said, imagine, it's real good for the church right now. Imagine how much better it would even be if you were out on visitation, if you were out on outreach. As the Lord is working and moving and growing the church, get out there and do that too. How much better could it be? And, I, and I'll never forget that preacher's point of view. And he wasn't being critical. It was a friend. And he was just trying to encourage him about how much more God could even be doing. We must desire that every bit of the fruit that Christ is willing to bear through the living branches will take place in our lives, will take place in this church. And that requires the living union between the vine and the branches. This vine-branch experience. Jesus is the true vine. We are the branches. May our passion be that God the Father, the husbandman of the vineyard, be satisfied. Not not us. There's, there's no place of satisfaction in the Lord's work to get to in, in the way of stopping. You know, we're to continue on. It's not about us being satisfied in the work. It's about God being satisfied in the work. There's, there are so many conversations that, that are running through my mind with people right now where it's, you know, it seems like there's a, there's a mentality of, of, of someone just trying to, to tiptoe the line where, they, where, where God doesn't get out and, and get serious and, and give, a, give a hard chastening where one is due. And, you know, it seems as though the goal is just to try to keep from that happening. Look, we're to please God. Our lives are to please God while we're here. And, and He's the one that's to be satisfied. A fruit-bearing Christian... More fruit. That's encouraging when you think about it. It tells us that though God is using us, that He will still, and He's still going to use us, 
for even greater things in even more amazing ways than what He's already doing in our lives. It's real encouraging to think about that. Wow, what a blessing it is to serve God. How great it is to be able to do this and do that. And God has more for us. God desires more fruit bearing from our lives. That's More fruit is encouraging. More fruit is also challenging because it leads us to examine ourselves concerning our yieldedness to God and our availability to God. If we're making ourselves as available as we should be, if we are as sensitive as we should be to the more fruit beyond what He's using us for now, that He wants to do in our lives. Because we clearly see that. We can always know that as a truth. No matter what God's using the child of God for, no matter what's going on in our lives and in any kind of ministry work or or witnessing and, and, and things like that, it's a truth that there's always more that He wants to do with us. So that's encouraging. And it's challenging. There is always a more full experience of our Father's purpose for us that that will be active in our lives as we go. We have a wonderful privilege of bearing fruit. Not just fruit, but then more fruit. It's good news that God will use us to bear fruit. It's, it's even better news that God will use us to bear more fruit. And He's the one who causes it to be. He's the one who brings it about. We are the branches. And He has given us something to do. And that is bear the fruit that comes from the power and the supply of the vine. We're to bear that fruit. He's the one who's going to bring it about in our lives. The true vine, He offers more of heaven's business in our lives while we're here on this earth. Shall we not accept the offer? Not to say that that there should be a choice in the matter, but let me just say it that way. Shall we not? Accept the offer, claim it, and look to the Lord for for whatever else, for everything else He's going to produce in and through our lives. There is assurance here in these verses that our Almighty Creator, loving Savior, is, is using us to bear fruit and more fruit in store. Christ is waiting to work more in our lives. And we can joyfully look to Him for the honor of having the power of His life working in us and the things of heaven being produced through us while we're here. Fruit, and God's not satisfied with the fruit bearer, He wants more fruit, and it doesn't end there. Now, we see in verse 5, 
much fruit. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. The more fruit that we're getting to, the Lord is adding to that with the privilege of what we have to be able to serve Him. You know, there's not only everything we need by abiding in the vine, there's more than we need abiding in the vine. There is more than we can realize abiding in the vine. We we can't even comprehend the supply and the power of God. There's enough for God to produce much fruit from our lives. You You might call it a double abiding that takes place. Where is that at? Verse 5, we just read it. He that abideth in me and I in him. There's a double abiding that takes place in this vine branch experience with the Lord. Last week, I said that I believe many, many professing Christians think of abiding in Christ and bearing fruit is connected with work. And strictly speaking, and getting to a point that we're getting to in in this, this isn't about effort. And this isn't about labor for the producing. It's about a rest and a trust and looking to Jesus that something might be produced through a willing, available heart that's given to Jesus that we would give Him of our time, that we would give Him of of our attention for Him to produce through us. That's what we see here, and, and we can't not see it when we look at what Jesus is trying to tell us here. It's, it's not about hard work resulting in fruit bearing. It's about a healthy spiritual life and union with Jesus Christ that brings about fruit-bearing. It's not about everything we can run around and do. It's about time that we spend with Him, looking to Jesus, listening to Him, talking to Him, walking with Him. You know, good godly works only only come about are only accepted by God by what is done concerning Christ in us. You know, there's good works out there. When Jesus says, depart from me, you never, I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. You know what they said to him? Have not we done these works in thy name? We've done done these works and we've done them in your name. And you know what? Jesus didn't tell them they didn't. But he told them, depart from me, ye worker of iniquity. 
I never knew you. There's good works. And then there's what the Apostle Paul said in Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. Being fruitful in every good work. There's, there's every good work. And then there's being fruitful in every good work. When, when I was studying this and, and I got to, to fruitful right there, I thought of the same thing that maybe you're thinking of right now. The fruit of the Spirit. Fruitful in every good work. Where does that come from? Well, the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Works that are acceptable to God, they are of the Spirit of God. Man can put forth a diligent effort in good deeds. Many think they're going to get to heaven because of the good deeds that they're putting forth, unfortunately. But the much fruit, these things that count for God, the things that are going to come forth from our lives that, that God produces. The much fruit is the result of the rest that we take in God. The time alone that we spend with God. The rest we take in the Holy Spirit's work inside our lives. The true vine is teaching this truth to us here. This is a revealing of how we're going to be abundantly fruitful. Verse 5 says, The same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. Do you see it? Jesus is telling us that the fruit, the more fruit, and the much fruit, it comes from abiding in Him. And it's something that He's going to bring forth through our lives. It's having the inner life right with Jesus. It's confessing to Him. It's talking to Him. It's listening to Him. It's trusting Him. Trusting will park our feet with Him. And it's resting in Him. This, that is abiding in Christ. Abiding in Christ is confessing, talking, listening, trusting, and resting in Him. And, and this is what brings about the effective, the fruitful work in the church. The fruitful work in our personal evangelism to other people. The fruitful work in our own families. I, I, I'll pick up the Bible in the morning and, you know, and uh, spend some time in God's Word and Shelly will say something and I'll say, trust me, for me to be the husband I need to be today, I need to be right here right now. It, it helps in everything in life. Nothing, nothing less will do to provide this fruit, more fruit and much fruit that Christ He's assuring us of it. He's assuring us of fruitful work. 
And nothing else will do but abiding in Him, though. It doesn't matter how fast we run. It doesn't matter how high we jump. It doesn't matter how fast we can talk. It doesn't matter what ability we have here or what ability we have there. In the Old Testament book of Zechariah, chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Let us, let us surely know that we are abiding in Christ. That's, that's, the answer. that's the answer to all of this. I started out last Wednesday night talking about the frustration that, that can take place with serving the Lord. The the exhaustion in every way. Don't get me wrong, there's, a, there's another message, and it's not contradictory to this, talking about laboring to the point of exhaustion in the Lord. But we're talking about the producing and the results. And we're talking about where it starts by abiding in Him. And so the frustration and, or the overwhelming exhaustion or Christians who quit or Christians who are maybe even tempted to quit right now, this is the answer. Abiding... In Christ. And He abiding in us. Because it's in this holy union that we are going to be confident in each and every new opportunity to serve. Somebody told me one time, never turn down an opportunity to preach. And as a young preacher, hearing that from someone, I started to think, well, can I do that at every opportunity? And I found out you can't be at two places in one time, so you can't say yes to every opportunity. But that did stick with me, that no matter how I feel, no matter how it gets squeezed in, no matter what's going on, when we abide in Christ, we're going to be confident for every opportunity. Thank God for positions that, that are held of long tenure in the Lord's church. Someone teaching for, for a long time or, 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 or being a deacon or, or treasurer or whatever the case may be. But when's that new opportunity going to come up to serve for someone who's already serving? How are we going to be ready for that? How are we going to be confident to be able to do that? By abiding in Christ. Able to bear fruit in and through each new engagement of life. How about the fact that we have no idea on a given day what we're going to face when we wake up in the morning? Wake up abiding in Christ. Today may be fruit, tomorrow may be more fruit, next week may be much fruit. The branch needs the vine every day. And there's a promise of the bearing of fruit from our lives. And as we consider as we consider this, this plan the Lord has for us, and He's telling, he's telling us, you have a purpose here. You have a purpose to bear fruit and then there's going to be more. And then there's going to be more. How about how much we are on God's mind? 
How about how much He thinks of us? I'm not talking about highly. I'm talking about how much God is, is thinking of us and preparing us. And, and by the way, this is the most joyful experience in life that anyone's ever going to have, serving the Lord. I know the flesh is tugging us to our own things, but, but a lot of times there, there's some disappointment on the end of that. I'm, I'm talking about good, clean, fun, good, clean, everyday things. There's still, there's still a burden and a disappointment to that many times, but not, not with what God has set up and promised that we will have and do abundantly in the business of heaven. He has made arrangements for a full life for us. A fruitful branch. Look, this describes a joyful life. It's giving the Lord our all to abide in Him. For fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. As I've been studying this, so many hymns have, have been going through my mind. And none of them are the perfect fit, but there's something in all of them that, that, that had them be brought to my mind. So I'm, I'm just going to read this one as we close. As we think about giving the Lord our all in, in abiding in Him. Is your all on the altar, the hymn says, that we well know. But we don't read them and think about the words often. So, so this one goes like this. You have longed for sweet peace and for faith to increase and have earnestly, fervently prayed. But you cannot have rest or be perfectly blessed until all on the altar is laid. Would you walk with the Lord in the light of His Word and have peace and contentment always? You must do His sweet will to be free from all ill on the altar. Your all must you lay. Oh, we never can know what the Lord will bestow of the blessings for which we have prayed till our body and soul He doth fully control and our all on the altar is laid. Who can tell, who can tell all the love He will send from above and how happy our hearts will be made of the fellowship sweet we will sit at His feet when our all on the altar is laid. We're, we're giving Him our all by abiding in Him. It's, that's time with Him. That's trusting Him, and that's resting in Him. Fruitful is not doing and doing and running and active. Fruitful starts with resting and trusting in Him. Our focus, not on everything we're doing, our focus on Jesus Christ. Con consider Him, the Bible says, the author and finisher of our faith. Guaranteed fruitfulness in whatever God gives us to do. And with that, we're going to close tonight and, and may we take this word home and, and maybe, maybe read these words again, you know, and think about what Jesus is telling us right here because there's a lot of frustration, there's a lot of exhaustion, there's a lot of distraction in, in the work that we do, in the midst of the work that we do. And we can't ever stop looking to Him. It's never about us. 
uh, I believe it was Sunday morning. I said, we're never going to be the vine. We're the branches. He's the vine. Let us look to him. Brother John Weisenbaker, would you, it's good to have you all back safely and we'll be